Okay, my favorite theme song, Money from Pink Floyd. My name is Loa Tan. Welcome to my show, Your Money and Your Mindset, where each week I bring you amazing and interesting people. My guests will tell you a bit more about themselves and how they got to become successful. And it's not just about the money, folks. Remember, it's about your health. It's about your sense of personal happiness. It's about your sense of getting fulfilled doing what floats your boat, but also makes you a truckload of cash and also having the good health to do it. So these people that I bring on the show weren't born with a silver spoon in their mouth and some of them had to go around the hard way in terms of graduating from the school of hard knocks to get where they are. Hey, but the point is, if they can do it, so can you. So yeah, the people I bring on, interesting people. And today's guest is certainly no different because he is definitely out of the left field. And uh, my guest today is Mr. Mike Hancock. But before we say hello to Mike on air, I'll tell you a bit more about him. He's an entrepreneur. He's a presenter. He's a rock and roll musician. I like that one. But also an author who left school with a diploma, a guitar, and a huge attitude, like he says. So Mike is different in the sense that he's got his left brain working with his right brain kind of guy. Because there is the business mind. There is the... Uh, achievements in the financial services field but also he's a musician and with a great sense of humor that has brought him a lot of success international success in fields um, as far apart as rock music on one hand and public speaking financial services okay he's a bona fide sort of a, a top guy because he's won the inspirational speaker of the year business person of the year twice 2007-2009 He's got a, a 21st Century Award, which is the Real Estate Agents for Financial Services, and even got a special mention from President Bill Clinton for his philanthropic interest. So he rubs shoulders with people like uh, Mark Victor Hansen, who's on the board of the charities that they are also on, uh, and also Stephen Fisher, or Fisher and Paykel, a big group, and Dick Hubbard, the ex-mayor of Auckland, getting smaller, uh, but bigger, and Steve Tyndall chairman of the warehouse. So today I'll be putting Mike in the hot seat because I want to ask him on behalf of everybody out there who watches this show how to find out what a person is passionate about, how to make a business out of that, how to enjoy doing it as a business and also one aspect that seems to be uh, not talked about which is the spiritual aspect of business. Yes there is a spiritual aspect of business, it's not just about the dollars. So I'd like to welcome everybody, Stickham, Blog TV, Real Coaching Radio TV, Receiver Internet Radio, Radio Ruku, New Media Radio TV, and our partner Stitcher. If you've got any questions, do type in, do Skype in, do phone in to talk to Mike. So hello, Mr. Mike Hancock from Singapore. How are you? Very well, thanks, Laura. How are you today? Good. Did you like my intro? Yeah, oh, of course I liked your intro. <laughs> it, was, it was very long. <laughs> ah, but it's all all true, isn't it? Yeah, it is all true. Um, it wasn't twenty first century real estate, though. Oh, sorry. But uh, I'll let you go. It was actually a, a branch of Cambridge University. <laughs> okay, more prestige. But I'm sure twenty first real estate agency would love it. <laughs> now you just need to talk to them. All right. So now, Mike, we know 
what you do. I think the guests uh, sort of, you know, I do give that, that intro. But really, that the man behind all these achievements, can you tell us how you started? Like I said, nobody starts out with all these uh, qualifications and knowing what to do with your life. So how did you start? Well, when I was born, I didn't have any qualifications. I just, you know, ate, pooped and slept like most babies, I guess. But um, <laughs> it was, I guess my life started when I was 15. Uh, when I was 15, I was an only child to a solo mother. And uh, she had a heart attack and she died at age 45. So at age 15, there was just me. And I lived with my best friend's parents for two years and completed high school. And when I was nearly 18 and past high school, my best friend's father said, okay, you've passed now, so you need to go out into the world, get a job and find out what the world's like. See you later, we're throwing you out of the nest. And so I got thrown out of the nest and sort of found my way after a couple of years doing something I really didn't want to do into financial services where I did very, very well from a, a business and financial perspective but had no passion for it and into music, which I had a lot of passion for and sort of ended up uh, going back into financial services really for the money and I did that for a long time, about nearly 10 years and then I decided finally just in one split second that I no longer want to do this, became an entrepreneur, became a speaker and now I've written all the 11 books and done all the things that you were nicely talking about and most of that's happened in the last 10 years for me. So for a good period of time you did I think what most people do which is uh, not just chasing the money but because it represents security right did you have to to sort of uh, do a agonize over this decision thing or and and say look uh, financial services doesn't float my boat but hey the money's good and I'll stay here absolutely um, and I think I stayed for two years doing making that decision which in retrospect, uh, listeners, was two years of wasted time because uh, it's, one thing to, it's one thing having a job and not being empowered in that job. It's another thing when you have a job that they pay you a serious amount of money a year to do, let you do whatever you want and let you fly around the world first class to do things and, and being the general manager of a company that was at the time the biggest company in the country in which I live, which is New Zealand, uh, that's that was exactly my lifestyle. I could pretty much do what I want. But every day when I went to work, every day I felt that I was leaving a piece of my soul at work and it just had to change because I haven't met anybody yet who on their deathbed says, wow, I made so much money, I was so cool, I had three Ferraris and a beach house and, and all that stuff. No, most of those people are saying, I wish I had more time with my family and friends. I wish I did more things that I really wanted to do. And I wish I didn't chase the dollar so much. Wow. So that was two years of thinking about it. Um, in the meantime, I think financial security is very seductive for a lot of people. And people then tend to buy lots of toys and trinkets, yeah, with somehow they're, they're, as their uh, pay, pay scale goes up, the toys get bigger and bigger and more expensive. Did you find you had to um, wean yourself off that or you're not into the things that um, most guys get into, like the cars, the, you know, everything else that comes with it? 
Oh, there was a time in my 20s, Lawai, where I, all I wanted was a Porsche, and um, I managed to buy that by the time I was 27, and, and it was an interesting experience, actually, because when I owned the Porsche, the first couple of days were cool, and then I thought, why is everybody looking at me? And I think they were thinking, what's he doing driving his dad's car? So, <laughs> so I think money is extremely overrated. It's, you know, it, life is not about money, it's about experiences. And for me, that is the big thing now. Now, people say, oh, you need money to create experiences. Yeah, not always. Um, when my business partner, Dave Rogers, was asked in 2010 what was Mike's uh, biggest achievement of the year, his reply was that he did a three-month tour launching our movie, went to 26 cities in the, around the world and didn't pay for accommodation once. So... <laughs> So I don't think that you necessarily need to have all of this money. And besides, money is a myth because ask the people in Zimbabwe um, how much value there is in money and they'll give you a very, very different perspective. Talk to some of the people in the US about what's happened to the value of their homes and properties over the last few years and they'll give you a very, very different perspective. So money can come and money can go. Wealth is what you're left with and you lose all your money. Did you have to get to that stage of saying, you know, I've, or did you set yourself up uh, knowing that you're going to leave your very um, lucrative financial career and made sure that you had your stash of cash, so to speak, and not be uh, like some people have to get to the point where they're fired and then haven't got a dime to their name before they start from there and create that wealth or understand that that wealth is within them? Well, I sort of. I don't know that there's a rule that I want to sort of let our listeners know that I, or a guideline from Mike at all because I think everybody's situation is different. I had some cash, about a year's worth of my standard living expenses without being too flamboyant. But at the same time, I got married in that year. I built a new house in that year and I started two new businesses in that year and I went overseas with, with my wife for six weeks. Actually, I think it was eight weeks. So from that aspect, I mean, it was the cash got chewed through pretty quickly. So whilst that was my intention to leave and, and do that, once I was three months down the track, I was doing a whole range of things and spending money on my new businesses. And suddenly I realized, you know, if there was a problem with my computer, I couldn't ring the IT department. I was the IT department. So, <laughs> so uh, a few things got chewed up early, but by the same token, in that first year out, I actually doubled my income that I was earning in corporate and had a lot more time to myself as well. So where do you get that sense of um, conviction and self-belief that I can go out there and do that? Most people would, would rather, you know, eat their own left eye than have to leave the security of a job and then not know how they're going to launch a business and do well. Like you say, you, you doubled your, your income outside of corporate. Well, I, again, I think the, the thing is to realize there is no, and I'll say this word again, no security in your job. And often when um, journalists and PR people want to pick up, Mike, what was the one thing that, that stopped you being a well-paid corporate and made you move into the private sector? The answer is always this. The answer is that we were doing a restructure in our company and our marketing manager who was 55 years old and a wonderful, wonderful person came to me literally in tears pleading for his job because he had a mortgage and children at school. We were never going to 
you know, get rid of him. He was a very valuable asset to the company. In fact, he's still there today and he's 67 years old. So, I mean, he's lasted out. And I, I just looked at him and thought, there's no way when I'm 55, I want to be that person. I have to take control of my own life. I have to do what I really want to do. Wow. So where did that conviction stem from? I mean, was it an epiphany of some sort where you realized that, like you say, you know, you didn't want to leave a bit of your soul and it seems to be a gradual build-up. Did you always know that you were never, never destined for a suit, a tie and a desk? No, not at all. As a matter of fact, when I was about 14 or something, I used to um, have visions of what I wanted to do with my life and, and it always included a suit and a tie and an airport and a desk. Well, I went through the suit, tie, airport and a desk and now I've got the uh, the desk and the airport because <laughs> I don't even own a suit anymore. <laughs> All right. So that, that now brings us uh, nicely to, to what you're doing now. And, um, you know, I, I had just a, a brief introduction to, to what you do uh, a couple of weeks ago when you presented. And it's um, around your business called Rock Your Life. And you got a tagline that says, entrepreneur, change your life, improve your health, wealth, soul, and business with purpose. How did you come about with that, that particular uh, business brand? Well, Rock Your Life is a combination of personal development, which I love, and uh, my uh, past as a rock musician. So music is still a very big part of who I am. I've done 11 albums. I wrote the, the theme uh, not the theme, the whole soundtrack for our movie we did a couple of years ago. I'm working on another one at the moment. So it's really about, and it's such an interesting question, Lawai, because when I first came up with that brand, Rock Your Life, I thought, who is going to want their life rocked? And I actually sat on that brand for about 18 months. And a good friend of mine said, who's very smart, said, Mike, if Tony Robbins had that brand, he'd be a billionaire. And I thought about it and I thought, you know, he's absolutely right. So, um, so I just started running some events called Rock Your Life, which uh, instead of people coming to an event and walking in the room and sitting down, when the doors opened, there was smoke lights, a full rock band on stage with me fronting it. And, um, and so it was pretty cool. And people just got attracted to the brand and now we operate in 12 countries around the world. I'm in the middle of a world tour at the moment, which is... Uh, started in Perth in Western Australia and finishes in uh, Prague in the Czech Republic. So, you know, it sort of all just grew from that. So I think, you know, sometimes you've just got to back yourself and and have a vision. The tagline that you're talking about, actually, that's I loved it when uh, you asked that question. Uh, Entrepreneur, change your life. Health, wealth creation, wisdom and business are the four streams that myself and my friends work in. They're the four things that we concentrate on. I'm concentrate on the business side and the wisdom side, but I have other experts in the health and wealth side. So um, that's where that comes from. An entrepreneur, change your life. Very simply, um, I always thought change your life. I don't want to change anybody's life unless they want their life changed. Then I'll help them get to that realization that the future may look very different than the past. But here's the thing about business. When we did all the Google search words and SEO, those words were hardly ever used. So, um, so that's why they're used on anything, change your life. I don't like changing people's lives. I like improving people's lives. You also like, uh, from what I hear, you like empowering 
people so that they can make the changes that they want to. So that's where your personal development uh, passion comes from, right? Yeah, absolutely. Empowering people. I think, again, it's creating the space in which people become empowered. I can't motivate anybody. I can't uh, teach anybody to be empowered, but I can create the space and the opportunity for them to see themselves in a very different life. And that and when they grasp at that, then that can make some substantial changes to them in the way that they think and see the world. Wow. So for you too, um, coming from your background where you're single parent, right? You didn't see your, your um, biological father for a while. Um, how Did you think that was a um, woe is me or did you think, oh, beauty, you know, no old man to, to give me a hard time? <laughs> Probably the latter. Um, I, I had very... Uh, poor memories of him from when uh, zero to six anyway years old so uh, I was sort of glad that he wasn't on the scene so I didn't think woe is me at all um, I actually I didn't think that I was any different than anybody else the people who had ten brothers and sisters the people who had big families um, the people who lived on the streets the people who were rich I just didn't see myself as any different we're all just people Great. Um, by the way, we want to say welcome to uh, Blog TV viewers. Hi, because we're being featured on it. So, Mike, say hello to the uh, boys and girls on Blog TV. Hi, Hi Blog TV. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, so Blog TV people out there, this is an interesting uh, guest I've got here. He's a rock and roller as well as an entrepreneur, as well as a businessman, as well as a, uh, somebody with a financial services background. So all rolled into one. You think this guy would know how to make money. Now, the other point is, so if you have got questions, blog TV people, come and talk to us. Skype in, please. Type in. I want to ask you that because a lot of people nowadays, Gen X, Gen Y, don't like the idea of being stuck in a job for life. But to find out what floats their boat and lets them, gives them the freedom of choice, the independence, but still make uh, a good living out of it or even more. How, how would you get somebody who's basically in their late 20s, 30s, if they came to you and said, Mike, um, I don't want the corporate life. I want to do what you do in, in, in terms of getting the freedom, but I don't know yet what it is that I want to do. How can you help them? Yeah, that's, that's a very good uh, question, Loi. Firstly, the statistic is really interesting. I read it a couple of years ago. It's probably even worse now. By age 38, people on average have had 14 different jobs, one, four, 14 different jobs yep. by age 38. So there's a lot of people out there who are not happy doing what they're doing who are looking for something unique and different. So <clears throat> everything that you want and desire in life comes down to the quality of questions that you ask. It's not about having the answers. It's about the quality of questions that you ask. So when you ask that question, how do I find my passion and how do I create a business out of it, it's really about what are the highest quality questions that you can ask in order to do that. And the two questions that, that I always ask people when um, when we're, I have this discussion with them, and they're quite long, so um, I'll say them, but normally we do this in a, in a classroom situation, is here's the first one. If I spoke to your five best friends or the people who knew you the best, what would they say you did better than almost anyone else in the world? 
And what I'm trying to do by that question, Loi, is I'm trying to ascertain what they're really, really good at, okay? So the question again is if I spoke to your five best friends or the people who know you best, what would they say you're better than almost anybody else in the world at doing? Then here's the second question. If you only had four weeks left in which you could work and after that you were going to retire and live a happy life and, and be able to do anything you wanted to, but in that four weeks you had to work, you could do anything you wanted to but you had to make a living out of it, what would you choose to do with your time for that four weeks? And that question is really a question about seeking their passion. Because if you asked me that same question, my answer would be to do exactly what I'm doing now, to travel the world, to meet other inspiring people, to be inspired myself, to share philosophies and, and thoughts and wisdom that I've gained from many, many different places, to make a difference and to contribute to the planet, and to have some real fun doing it. So I'm doing what I, I love to do. Um, there's a lot of people, mostly over 90% who probably aren't. So hopefully those two questions are helpful for them to just start focusing on, write them down, start focusing on them over the next few months. Ask your friends what they think you're good at. That could be a really good thing to do as well because if you do, you might get some insights that just sort of take you in another direction. And just to finish that off, just one final example. I did that in South Africa a couple of years ago and a lady in the audience came back to me and said, Mike, the answers to that question is the thing that I'm most passionate about in the world is speaking. I want to be a speaker just like you. But the thing all of my friends tell me I'm best at in the world is listening. How the heck do I create a business out of that? So it was easy for me because I saw it straight away, but sometimes you just got to ask a couple of people because she didn't see it. She now has a wonderful brand in South Africa called The Listening Speaker, the person who teaches you to truly be able to communicate. And imagine going into corporates and teaching corporates how to truly listen to their customers. That's what she does and she's got a very successful business doing it. So any unique ability which is a, a bridge between your passion and your competence can be turned into a business. Okay, so you said competence as well, right? It's not just the passion. Some people can have, you know, a passion for, for, for dancing, but they're pretty unco. It's not going to happen, is it? It's sure not going to happen. Um, there's a, a lot of things that I have passion for, but I'm not good at them. And, uh, and yet, and I probably never will be. So whilst I have a passion for music, I'm not a great singer. And I get by and I've sung on albums and I, I can sing backup vocals and all of that sort of thing. But last night I was at a function here in uh, Singapore where there was a lady who's also a speaker and she was getting me to help and assist her because she was doing a song. And when I heard her sing, I said, yeah, there's no way I could ever in this lifetime be that good. There's no way I would feel comfortable auditioning for American Idol. Maybe Australian Idol, but not American <laughs> Idol. So, um, so you know, I could maybe get to round two in, you know, um, Kazakhstan Idol or something like that, but, uh, but not American Idol. So it doesn't matter how much I try with that one, I won't ever be um, having the voice of Bono or, or Frank Sinatra or anything like that. So there's some things that you've got to find other ways to do. But I'm a pretty handy guitar player. 
Fantastic. So you touched on something that's very important too. You said the competence aspect. Now, a lot of people can have fantastic dreams about their passions, but without the competence backing it, it's not going to happen. So it's marrying the two and getting, um, I suppose, getting a person to, to be able to say, these two things will work for me. Now, when you get to that stage, do you have to deal with the self-doubt that people have and they second-guess themselves? Yeah, sure. You you absolutely do. And and for me, I think the defining moment there was uh, having a drink with some, some of my old school friends, people I'd known since I was three, four, five years old in, in Melbourne in Australia. And they asked me, <clears throat> oh, Mike, uh, you know, what are you going to be doing in the next couple of years? And so I drew in a deep breath and I said to them, and in the best possible way that I could frame it, and this is not at all what I wanted to do, but I knew they'd understand it. I said, I'm going to become New Zealand's Anthony Robbins. And I waited for them to laugh and crack jokes and, and all of that sort of thing. And they just said, you'd be really good at that. And I thought, wow, if my friends who would normally, you know, poke fun at me and everything like that, like your best friends do, 